Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Welcome, Michelle. I'm going to say it right, Manelo. Yes. <laughs> and I always have to do a little backstory because some people I really have never talked to until I get on Zoom because okay. either I've, I've followed them on Facebook, on Bluebells, and, and then get, I kind of spy on people. But for you, I've, it's maybe <laughs> been 20 years. Um, I went to Ketchum, Idaho, Sun Valley, to teach for Footlight, Footlight Dance, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was a highlight of my summer because I thought Sun Valley was so incredibly beautiful. And then there was these really wonderful dancers, but my favorite part was the teachers, which you were one of, because (laughs) living somewhere like that, sometimes you just don't get to go take class like you used to. Right. And so you guys would be like my favorite part of it. And I think I even set a piece on the teachers at one point and I went, oh my God, these, we did like a Fosse thing or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then getting to know you, I'm like, oh, you have this amazing career. And I think as soon as we started talking about Ronnie Lewis, I'm like, okay, we are bonded for life because (laughs) huge fan and and this is actually you're you never were a bluebell but you were right. on here we'll call you bluebell adjacent which i actually have its own series on my patron page and i only have a few patrons so not that many people get to hear these wonderful stories <laughs> but because so many bluebells worked with ron lewis and like betsy hogg that i don't know how many worked with her that are or we overlap so much you know if you were <laughs> a bluebell only but a lot of people did bluebells and miller reesh and Greg Thompson. So we, we did do a lot more, a lot of us than just one producer. So our worlds are kind of like that um, Venn diagram, like where we overlap. Yeah. And Ron Lewis is, is a big part of influence because the Bluebell style is very regal and glamorous. And then Ron Lewis is a dancer dream. Sometimes you get to get down and dirty and, and like, you don't need all those feathers on you because they're all going to get sweaty anyway. So I think a lot <laughs> of people would go back and forth because like, Oh, I just, I want to do this kind of show because this is beautiful. And I, I need to do something that's going to kick my butt. Yeah. No, it was hard dancing. Hard dancing. Yeah. Sure. So before we get to that, I have to say, like, when I came on, like, you've got this rockery and vines and beauty behind you. Like, is she in a mine? Like, where is she? That's your house. <laughs> yes. And you're in Idaho right now. Can you just tell a little bit about your house before we go into your story? Because <laughs> I wish people could see this picture right now. My house was built in 1900. It's one of the original cabins. So in the other rooms are all the original chinking and log work and square nails. And um, it was built to be passive solar. So outside the big front windows is another rock wall where the sun hits and then bounces back in and heats the bones of the house. There's also a wood burning stove, but since it's been rebuilt and blown out to two stories and stuff, there's also um, forced air heat in it. But I have now gone totally solar because I was pissed off at Idaho Power and all their hydropower and all the salmon that are being killed. So I do, I'm doing my part. <laughs> so I put solar panels on. So to start eliminate, I get a lot of sun here. So. Wow. And also you are in a lot of snow. So are you warm in this? You can stay warm all year? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, see, this is inspiring because like there's ways we can do things, but just like the, the aesthetics of this interview, I'm like, oh, this fits when we get around to you being a costume designer, aesthetics okay. matter. <laughs> yes. Aesthetics. It's all about how it looks. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and, some, and some talent thrown in there. 
Yeah, so, let's hope. <laughs> where did you grow up? So I was born in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I grew up in Calgary. I had the fortune to um, audition for the Young Canadians after I worked with one company that, or dance school, where I did a lot of, uh, a lot of competition way back in the 70s, like uh, early 70s. And so I got my chops on stage and um, I auditioned for the Young Canadians and I got in. Um, I was the only one who could not do a backband, who could not do the splits. My body was so tight because it was so cold there. I just couldn't stretch. And I'd gotten my height when I was about 12. So things just hadn't stretched. And then I was in rehearsal or in class one day. So they kind of owned you. You did the whole weekends when you went into rehearsal at nights, they owned you, you were on full scholarship. They bring in people from all over the world to teach you. So I had a lot of great training. Um, but then I went ahead and auditioned as a singer. They let me audition and grabbed someone's music, sight sung it, and got into the singers too. So I was double dutying it. And that first year when I was on stage, so now Calgary Stampede is huge. And the grandstand is huge. There's tens of thousands of people in that audience. It's amazing. And it's right after the chuck wagon races and you got to do all sorts of great things. Um, I actually got to tour with them and I would do the quick changes from a singer to a dancer to a singer to a dancer. And so I toured all over Canada with them that first year and then again next year. So I know somebody did Young Americans. Is it uh -huh. same? What is like, what is a show like? It's well, now it's a lot. We just had our 50th anniversary a few years ago. Oh my God. Um, it's a more variety arts, a lot of singing and dancing, high, high energy. There's always a really strong group of acrobats in there now. Um, I was not one. Um, you have to be a triple threat now. Um, what else can I tell you? They bring in acts from Vegas from all over the world for the big show, the grandstand show. So like at one point I worked with Artie Johnson, the um, Valente brothers, they were, a, a, oh, they were a unicycle act. That was the last year I was there. I worked with them. Um, different stand-up co comedians and things like that. But we did work with the American Centennial. We worked with the brothers and sisters because they wanted to do the Young Canadians and Americans, but they did the brothers and sisters instead. And we did an American Canadian thing with them. Um, but we were a lot more dance oriented. So, um, but yeah, that's where I got my start. And that's how I ended up in Las Vegas was because okay, we're going to, we're going to follow your little dot, dot road. Like you think on the okay. map, where you go. So <laughs> did, did you want to be a professional dancer? Or did you start dance? Like a lot of us do just because oh, this looks like fun. I started dancing because I used to walk into walls. I was very, <gasps> me too. I ran into <laughs> furniture. Yeah. Yeah. My mother put me in to ballet and I just, I was in, in Edmonton and I just didn't get it. I was so tight and all these kids were doing their splits and stuff. And I was like, uh, and then we moved to Calgary and Calgary was really, was a big change because I'd lived, I'm Ukrainian and I lived like in an Ukrainian environment. And so when we went to Calgary, um, we were called Yukis or Yadmanchuks because it was, it was a real thing. They did not like the Ukrainians and we're so family oriented. So I was missing all my, my babas and my Dido and all my aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff. Um, so I asked my mom if I could go back to ballet. And so I did, I went back to, a, to an RAD class and the woman was very tough French. 
and um, I didn't do very well there. So I took another year off and comes, you know, come fall in the adverses or advertisements in the papers, you know, the pretty ballerinas. <laughs> I was like, I want to go back to ballet. And I found oh. the right studio and it was a competition studio. Um, and I was allowed to take jazz and ballet, but I always wanted to tap dance and my mother would not let me. She hated the noise. Oh, yeah. my mother was an opera singer. She just could not stand the sound of tap dancing. But the most prestigious thing to be in Calgary was in the Young Canadians. And I knew what my mom was about. Uh, and I was like, I want to uh, audition, but mom, I have to be able to tap dance. They will not even see me if I can't tap dance. And so I took my Al Gilbert grade one through five and teachers in one year. I sat in that basement and got every trick possible. <laughs> And that's actually how I got in was I was such a good tap dancer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did your mom just put earplugs or did you have to like? I would, no, it's in the basement. Okay. <laughs> I have, um, did you ever do Ukrainian uh, folk dance? Did you I've, done, I've been taught some. My cousin who's now passed was a Shumka dancer in Edmonton. And I flew from Los Angeles for his wedding because I knew the entire company was dancing at his wedding. Oh, it was really? amazing amazing yeah but I've I've been taught some you know some of the basic folk but Mm -hmm. girl stuff is so pretty the guys is the hearty stuff you know they're on their knees yeah that makes sense you go more towards Ron Lewis than Bluebell too yeah (laughs) I remember like I I did a show like the guys I was I want to do the hard stuff the guys did and I did a a show with Gina and Ryan in Florida as a dinner theater it was the best of Broadway I know Gina. Okay. Oh, yes. Here we go. All these overlaps. Yeah. Um, okay. And so we, we said, I want to do, it was the um, waiter's gallop from Hello Dolly. Uh, yeah. Well, we learned it all, but then we still had to do it in heels. So the guys were doing like <laughs> squat, tuck, toe touch, all that stuff. And so we're like, we did it for a while. I'm like, why did we ask for this? Cause this is so hard. <laughs> Put me back in my feathers. But also the guys <laughs> weren't wearing, like they were only like two inch heels, but still. Right. It was like, oh, we wanted the guy stuff. Give us some flat jazz shoes. But that doesn't seem to go over well with producers and costumers. No. Yeah, because they want the girl. They want the leg. They want the line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it-, it, was, it was fun to sweat that hard for a while. Oh, my. So out, out of Young Canadians. So what happened? Of- <laughs> Here's the story. My girlfriend was with Le Grand Ballet Chasse, Canada, with Eva Montrezzi. I danced there, too. Not in it. Just took, I took classes there. I did a show yes. with Miller. Fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. Wonderful classes. Yeah. They used to come and teach at the Young Canadians. So Donna had been in the Young Canadians. She wanted to go to Vegas to make some money because she was there was just no money being made in Canada. And so um, she came back and did the last show of the Young Canadians with me. She was way older than me. And um, I was planning on going to New York that summer to study. But it was the year of Son of Sam. So I'm tall, blonde, Catholic. My mother and father decided he was going to find me in New York City and I was going to be killed. So I could not go to New York. So that, I mean, ignorance. But um, so she's like, I'm going to Vegas. Why don't you join me? And I was always known as her little sister. And I was like, okay, because you can take really good classes there. And I was like, okay. We rented some seedy hotel room. She did her auditions. She took over the part for Macarena. That was the, the ballet part at the MGM um, Hello Hollywood. I was in Hello Hollywood. Hello. You were? No, was that oh. the one that was in Reno? That was, I was in Reno. So Vegas was Hallelujah Hollywood. He, she was in Hallelujah she Hollywood. She was in Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. And so she did the Pirates number, that big Pirates number, that Pas de Trois or whatever it was in there. Yeah. 
So she knew she was going to get that. And um, she was like, why don't you audition for stuff while you're here? And I had silver braces from ear to ear. Oh. I like, I, and I'm 17. I'm a little underage. Right? So I auditioned for the Polar Bear Share. And I didn't have a green card. Of course, there's that issue. Mm-hmm. And then they were touring Central America with an offshoot show. And one of the people that was dancing in it was Bruno Scaroni, who was one of the original five that came in with Frederick Akar from France. So even before, before it was Casino de Paris, when it was Viva les Girls, way back, mm. it was the very first topless show that was ever in Vegas, all topless. So he was an older man and he had a younger daughter that was just a bit younger than me. And I got put on the tour and toured Central America with them. So it was dangerous um, because there were grenades going off and stuff. You know, we were in Guatemala. And um, so the tour was cut short because of it was just, you know, Uzis and all sorts of weird things going on. So we came back to Las Vegas and I was going to fly back to Calgary. This is September. And I'm like, you know, I've already missed. I'm supposed to be back at university. I don't know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Boy, I'm not making sense but I'm not an American citizen. So I had that reality check. So mm. my Donna goes, Frederick's auditioning tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm underage. And she goes, go and audition. Because what had happened was that summer, Frederick, <laughs> here, back up. Frederick had sent his costume from the jewel number to little uh, young Canadians to wear for this number, to do the jewel number. What happened was wardrobe people went, there's no tops. There are these huge skirts. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to make, you know, manufacture some tops. So Frederick and Olga um, came in to watch the show. And so I was introduced to him and he said, you know, when you get, when you turn 21 and get the braces off your teeth, come and see me. But he knew who, who I was because I was front and center with the show and all this stuff. And so I did go and audition and there were about 250 girls that came in from, Los Angeles, you know, and it was the hot show to be in. It was, you know, so I was, it was down to 25. I came back the second day and I'm like, okay, well, I'm leaving tomorrow. You know, this is all fun. And, but I get to experience an audition. So I, they get down to like two, no, there were five of us, I think. And they ask us to come into the office and I'm like, okay. And they were like, so some of you are going to go work with Marie Poggi up in Reno. And then I need, I think they needed two people at that time to do, no, just one. It was just one to do um, replace a Casino de Paris. And so it said, would you drop your leotard, please? Now I'm Catholic. I'm a virgin. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> what? That's, yeah. And no warning for that either, right? Pardon? There's no, did you see the show? Was it topless? The no, show I was so afraid I couldn't see the show. Oh, so you really had no idea. I had no idea what was going on. Oh, so wow. I'm like, okay, nobody's going to know. I'm getting on a plane. I'm going back to Calgary tomorrow. Okay, just, just between you and them. Okay. So I dropped my leotard top. And I'm like, they must have thought I stuffed my bra. I don't have a bra. And so arms out, I stand there and I got hired. <laughs> it was all my boobs. But, you know, what they look for is make sure you don't have a nipple going left and then the other one going right or just right. any weirdness which you've seen we've all seen yeah. so um yeah that was it and signed my contract didn't understand what the hell I was signing what's nude mean <laughs> that was on mine is tall nude and I thought nude meant all naked 
Like just when oh. you don't know even the verbiage, like when they say tall nudes, people think, oh, you were totally naked. Like, no, everything was covered except for our breasts for just some of the numbers. But nude to most people means naked. Yeah, more more like the um what's the crazy horse, right? Isn't the crazy horse right. totally yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so I went into rehearsal and it damn, it was kicking my ass. It was hard. <laughs> and I was the youngest to ever get hired. So the girls didn't like me. Oh. So because we did an Indian number that we all had to get up. Okay, so I have short Achilles tendons. Like real, do you remember this? I have super short Achilles tendons. I just couldn't get my feet underneath me to get up on the, in those Hermes, those flat shoes. So there, I remember there was one girl from Russia and another one from Germany on each side of me. And they're like, oh, we have to haul her up again. <laughs> <laughs> so Welcome Frederick, to showbiz. Yeah, it was crazy. Frederick took my braces off and put the first pair of clear braces on my teeth so I could do the really? show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They, they wanted you. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would, yeah, that's not just like, just give this girl a dire hair. Uh, yeah. He was, yeah. He liked me. Yeah. Um, so when, after I signed my contract and stuff and was in rehearsal, they let me sit just behind the orchestra pit to watch the show. And, um, yeah, it, all I remember <laughs> to this day is Madame et Monsieur Casino de Paris. And then the curtains come up. And it's a lot of pink feathers, a lot of pink feathers and pink breasts. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm sorry. Is topless. <laughs> it's the whole show. So it's the whole show's topless. Not, it's not like, topless. okay. Yeah. They, the only time we ever wore a top was if I was doing like a television show, you know, if we were guesting on like the Merv Griffin show or something like that, then they'd make these little funny. Yeah. Tops. Were they the little mesh things with the rhinestones in the right place? Um, actually, some of them were heavy sequin bras. Okay. Um, for, yeah. Yeah. We had the they, publicity that, bras that were basically just mesh with the rhinestones right place that you would put on for publicity or like okay. photo shoots or something like that. It just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did you, did you have any, just like, maybe I don't want to do this or did the show, seeing the show sway you like, okay, this is still I was. It? I, I was, my eyes were big, you know, it, big acts, the fair clothes were in there. There was some, there were great acts and there was, it was classy, you know, yeah. it was a very classy show. Yeah. There was sweat flying, but it was classy Yeah, and the costumes were gorgeous and yeah. And I knew I was watching hard ass dancing. Yeah. Just get down. Really and that's Ron down. Lewis then too, right? Yeah. That was all Ronnie. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, I know I had never met Ronnie. Frederick liked me. So, um, yeah. How, how was that style for you? Because I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, this feels the best thing on my body. And even though it was oh, hard, like when you exactly. find it, but for some people, it's definitely not something they're ever going to get. No, I mean, I'm suffering from it now. All those head rolls and backpacks and all the get down rib cage isolation stuff, you know? Oh God, it felt so great. Yeah. yeah, it really did. It was, it was just schwa dancing like that. Just schwa. And all the shows I did for him were, I would say the best, the best choreography I ever did of his was actually in Atlantic City. And he did a piece to Sing Sing and with a full orchestra. Oh, no. I mean, it was high. It was like a high. He finished that number and I, I'd be crying. I was so happy. Oh, those. Just, you know, 
every piece, every, with Ronnie, every pinky, everything was exact. So, and I, I mean, he had not even seen me at Casino Dupree because I asked Frederick to, I was bored. I was getting bored and I was taking classes during the day, but I knew that at my age, I needed to do something else. So I asked Frederick if I could replace somebody at the Dazzle in Tahoe. I saw that and show. So I got, Jim Hogan actually taught me some of the numbers backstage between shows in um, Vegas. And I moved up to Tahoe, sight unseen. That was a ball busting show. And it went from being, having your audience so far removed where they, you know, where you have this classiness to, I mean, I came down with zippered um, jumpsuit and bam, bam, front, center, people this like a foot away from me. And I didn't even think about it till my parents came down to see the show. <laughs> oh, you probably haven't seen yeah. these since they were little. Um, they were like shocked, just shocked. They were like, you know, you were in a classy show. This is, but the dancing is so hard. It's so amazing. That's me, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, but that's, and that, that was the first time Ronnie saw me actually. He, um, came because it was San Fran- he was in San Francisco it was real easy for him to come up to Tahoe so he came up to see us and I did m- all my opening solos and I thought oh my god he- I'm sure he just loves me you know because I'm like I was kind of really campy on stage and like really performance oriented and so in between shows he comes upstairs to the dressing room and he looks around and he goes who did it had being you like that and he does this thing with his you know like um what would that be? fingers yeah like a cute yeah. doll and I was like hi it's me and he goes you should be selling shoes <gasps> oh. I was like, oh, oh, oh but I've since found out that that's what he often said to people when he knew that they could be better than they were it was his way mm. but what I did not know is that you never cried in front of Ronnie I'd already started crying. I was young. My, yeah. my eyelashes were dropped. They were off already. I was crying. The tears were just elephant tears coming off my eyes and my eyelashes were dangling. And I had oh. like half for the next show. And he was just really mm, with me. And um, he just said, you mug, you mug on stage and da, 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 and all this stuff. And I was like, okay. And I was supposed to be understudying the leap, which was Lisa Clarson. Um, that show was kind of choreographed around Lisa, who's now passed from us also. Um, and she refused to teach it to me. So with all the drugs and stuff going on in those shows, there were nights where people couldn't show up because they were messed up. Yeah. And I didn't know the solos. Was a real... As a young person, it was an eye opener about politics and, you know, people wanting their safety nets and stuff. So there was, there were some things going on there that was, and it's a small town. It was like, mm. talk about bored. So then after a year there, I had to get my wisdom teeth taken out in Vegas and get my green card. I was, Frederick was getting my green card. So I had to pretend I was still at Casino de Paris for all of the paperwork. So I went into all my interviews and everything for my green card as I got as an entertainer, which was unheard of. I did not marry anybody. Oh. Um, yeah, it was just really, it was because Frederick was connected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I saw Pat McKechnie, which was our ballet mistress. And I said, 
Yeah. I hear Ronnie's doing another show for, or taking the show from Tahoe. Cause I ended up costume designing the show with Vinyas in Tahoe. Oh, I have to rewind. Was that the same? No, that was Reno. Wrong. Just a second. Was that Tahoe? No, that was Tahoe. Okay. Big room Tahoe. Yes. The year I was there, they, Ronnie put um, hotter and hotter. Saw that one too. Yeah, I was in, in Hello Hollywood Hello. And that was our wonderful thing on our day off was to go to Tahoe and see. See our shows. Yeah. Yeah. To see the shows. Cause that there wasn't much there. And that was so exciting yeah. to go see other dancers doing different things and get out of mm-hmm. Reno and see Tahoe. Right. Yeah. So I, um, I talked to Vinyas and I said, can I like help you sew? And he goes, what's your background? I go, I can drape. I can do this. I can do that. I had the show at night. Da, da, da. And so I assisted him and did all the costumes until he went back to Italy and very long story. You'd have to ask Amanda Colson about the story. Do you know Amanda and Reno? She's on my list to ask for interviews. She's um, <laughs> she was the lead. She was one of the leads and Frederick and Sammy Davis decided that well, LTVs decided she wanted the part and to take over. And Amanda and I actually had a clearing about it at the memorial, which was really oh, sweet um, because Vinyas called me and said, um, can you remake all of Amanda's costumes, start from scratch for LTVs for all of her solos? And I was, and she was a big woman, not Amanda, LTVs. And mm. so I redesigned and redid all of the costumes for them. And then replaced all of our a bunch of our costumes at um, Heats On, so that's how I kind of started doing wardrobe. That and hanging out with my wardrobe people because I was underage in between shows in at Casino de Paris. They taught me a lot of wow. old French things. Yeah, it was fun. It was like this that's is like the ones that took advantage. You're with these people who are at the top of their game that are so good yeah. at what they do, and if you actually like are humble enough to learn from them, you oh, can't yeah. pay for that education in school. No, you can't get that education. It's dead art. It mm-hmm. is It is why I have my business today. I mean, I learned a lot. Yeah, it was great. It was, yeah, really good. And so that, so that summer when I got my wisdom teeth out and all that stuff, I asked Frederick and Pat if I could maybe talk to Ronnie about doing the new show in Reno because I had a drug problem like everybody else. And I thought if I go to Reno, I'll be away from Tahoe. <laughs> Cause we were doing three shows a night, seven days a week and everybody was snorting Coke and speed and just ruining our bodies. So I, Ronnie goes, Oh, it had to be you. <laughs> I walked in, I like, Shit. And so he said, yeah, I could do the show. And so I got to work with him and he choreographed um, the Japanese piece, the fan piece that we did. He brought in Japanese dancers to learn the real Japanese fan dances. Um, I did the, he renewed the Kane's piece, the Kane number piece that he's done in many shows. Um, and yeah. Oh, and we did a hoedown, a super fun hoedown. I had the best costume of all. Mine was yellow with white, beautiful lace. And at first it was gonna be topless. And then Vinius came out and said, well, Michelle's okay, but some of these people can't do all this stuff on the stairs topless. So they built bras into it. And the Japanese number had um, a top on it. So it was kind of nice. All of a sudden I was wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Parents, oh, please come back. Come back, mom and dad. Come see the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, How was funny. Ronnie with you in that show? Did he still make you kind of work um, for like, Ron how was his? Hard. 
he was hard on me. There was a, a day that it was raining in Vegas when we were in rehearsal and we only had a swamp cooler and the lights went out and I had the canes in my hand and I was sweating profusely. That cane flew out of my hands and get, hit Ronnie. Oh. And I was front and center. And the next day uh, he reblocked it and I was in the backpack. <laughs> oh my gosh. And there's no words exchanged. You just know. It's don't screw up. Yeah, I, I was like, oh my God. Um, yeah, there were some things he didn't really like about me. Um, I kind of buried, yeah. I, I would get bored and do things with shows like my closing night, I redid my costumes. I got in a lot of trouble. I, in yeah. Tahoe, um, on Halloween, you know, the big, big pumpkins you can get in California. I took one of the big, big pumpkins and carved it out. And instead of wearing my headdress on my opening number, I wore my pumpkin. Um, or it had to be you um, yeah <laughs> yeah no I would do things um I'd create costumes for and go on stage like as as um Susie Cockroach do you remember Sammy King he was a ventriloquist and he had he had a a parrot who he actually allowed me to rebuild for him which is unheard of for ventriloquists they're very close to their other personality <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. yeah but I had gone out um as Susie the fictional Susie Cockroach I, I made this whole cockroach thing <laughs> very sexy cockroach but yeah I did some things uh, as only a young crazy mm-hmm. artist do to get like it was so unprofessional and so when I left I left Reno I only made it through six months of Reno I, I, I just Drano is what I called it back then <laughs> You know, back there was then, nothing back then in the 80s. Yeah, back then people would go and put their shit kickers up on the tables. You know, it was just, uh, I really, I was like, I I need to go to New York. Well, actually I flipped a coin. I'm either going to New York or I'm going to San Francisco. And it came up New York. And so I went to New York. Um, so just to continue the Ron Lewis thing, when I get to New York, I started taking class with Betsy Haug. But before this, I started taking class with Anne in San Francisco. I'd go to San Francisco and take Anne's classes on my day off sometimes, which was like, oh, drive all night long, show up in the class, you're out of it taking class, but I would do that. So when I get to, to New York, I actually came with some of the old young Canadians from Calgary, because I went back to Calgary because I was scared I had a drug problem. And I toured with Kenny Rogers and some stuff as a tech person. And then the head of the dance department from the University of Calgary, which I had been in before I left because I went to university at 16. Um, she was a girlfriend of mine and in one of the original young Canadians. And she goes, well, we're all going to share a hotel room, blah, blah, blah. We're going to New York. I'm like, can I go with you guys? And she was like, yeah, we're going to go study with Betsy Howell. And I said, I've heard of her because of Ronnie. And she goes, yeah, we'll do this. And, and I'm like, great. And I just tagged along. First night I was there, I saw Betsy's show. And I was like, okay, this is hard dancing. This is the stuff I do. Mm-hmm. Um, a little rinky dink show but we had a good time and all that. And then we went to class the next day and I took her class sometimes twice a day, every day. And people would say to me, you are the quintessential Betsy. Betsy, you dance like Betsy. It was oh. the best compliment ever. Just Okay, I, I just elevated I, you higher because <laughs> I danced in Puerto Rico with um, Ashton Koshman, but there was a woman there, Rose, Rosalia. Rosa, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, 
Oh, because she I, brought Betsy there, and that's where Jaime Vasquez, yes, and all those guys came from, and they're still here in the states. So Jaime, um, oh, who was his name? Jose Vasquez is back in Puerto Rico, um, and then there is, oh, short red curly hair. Both of her daughters are professional dancers now. Uh, there was Rosalia um, and Rosita. There was two that were really popular in the eighties. Okay. But Rosalia's class, when I took that, I'm like, what is this? And she really did do Betsy's warm up. She did her across mm-hmm. the floor. I was there. there. And she used to go back and forth to New York to take class. Yes. So that was the connection from Puerto Rico. And Jaime was like Betsy's favorite, Jaime Vasquez. And then he ended up working with Roger Manami in Vegas. Yeah. So that whole group, I've, which there's now one of the guys in Chicago, um, Jermaine. Do you know Jermaine? Mm-mm. Okay, so Jermaine danced with him in Vegas. I meet Jermaine here through Sherry Horton, who's the ballet, was ballet some or some ballet ballet. She was the artistic director. And so he ended up getting into Chicago. So he's in Chicago on Broadway right now. And so I just mounted the piece, um, a piece on the uh, Columbia City Ballet. He had danced in Columbia City Ballet. So he came in and he mounted a piece right after me. So we're like, oh my God. Oh my goodness. We know all these people because of Ron Lewis style. Right. So because Roger Minami was like quintessential. So do you, do you know Roger? Cause he did, he did. I've seen him on stage and I know his name and then it's come up a lot. And when I pull up videos, he's usually in those. Yeah. I will teach some Betsy stuff once in a while because I will tell people it's not eight counts. It would be 12 reverse Uh it, go the other way. And it makes people's brain hurt. And I will, I will (laughs) teach the thing where the, feet are going one rhythm and the head's the other. And oh, I yeah, will yeah. start, I will start speaking Spanish because I learned it in Spanish. Oh, you're kidding. And my dancer's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. It just comes out in Spanish because I learned it this way. <laughs> but the, the brain fuck of her stuff was so real. Uh-huh. And you I finally, like, when oh. I went to New York, I took her class and I cried because I was so happy to finally get to take from her because the way Rosalia taught it was wonderful. The way she talked about Betsy. So to actually go to New York, like that's the first teacher I'm going to seek out when I go. Uh-huh. So and you got, you were there every day, twice a day. I'm and jelly, jelly, jelly. And Saturdays, her husband, Jim, who was the drummer at Cats, would bring his drum set over into the studio. And so when you were going across the floor, you had this guy rocking out with, oh, it was just so much fun. But the best thing about Betsy's class were all the Puerto Ricans there. So there'd yeah. be, before the, the Japanese influence, it was all the Puerto Ricans. And you'd be going across the class and you're doing good. They started doing mano, which you probably experienced in Puerto Rico. All the hand stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just doing all the rhythms as you're getting down. And it was just like, ah, this is dance. That was another thing is in her class and Rosalia's class that people would scream. Uh-huh. And that and that was also Puerto Rican general. All the classes, they yeah. were just really loud. So I came back to <laughs> Seattle and took a class and did that. And no one else made a noise. And everybody turned and looked at me like I had... <laughs> <laughs> I don't Tourette's or something. And I was like, oh, I guess we, I guess that's a Puerto Rico thing that it was the, the vibe with the Puerto uh-huh. Ricans. And that style was just like, I, Puerto I Rican love, Cubano. yeah, just like, and the, so, that you're a dancer, you're a, a class dancer and a performer. I love those people that don't just do shows and stop training that you live for class and love. Performing. Oh yeah. Oh God. Oh, heaven. I just got yeah. chills just thinking of how much fun it was. That, those classes were. So I ended up doing um, Ibis for Betsy. I ended up dancing, which I very little money, but I got to do some great choreography. 
um, she was it in the city, like in a. It was in yeah. It was at Ibis is on fifty cent. It's across from the Waldorf Astoria. So we had this nightclub act there. It was mafia. There was a woman that was Egyptian that owned it. Her husband was mafia. So because she was Islamic, she wasn't supposed to really own anything. But upstairs was a belly dancing room with very famous belly dancers. And that was her gig. They had a little closet they could check, change in. It was really odd. <laughs> but so we get a lot of um, East, Eastern men there to watch the show. Um, but I mean, it was it was great. I got to just really hone in on her style and really and do some potage work and stuff with Jaime and just some fun stuff. And then from there, um, I, I would say actually the first year I was there, even before I went to Ibis, um, they called me from Casino Dupree and asked me if I would come and do Stepping Out in Atlantic City. And I said to Pat, I go, I just got here. I'm working on Broadway. She's like, what? I said, well, I have another callback for 42nd Street. I had like 17 callbacks for 42nd Street. It was ridiculous. Um, never got it. Didn't fit the wardrobe. I could have remade the wardrobe. Hey. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I worked for Betsy and then they called me again and I said, yeah, I need to make some money. And so I did the next summer I did Stepping Out. And that was the Alleluia moment that Ron Lewis treated me like gold. <laughs> he had seen me do Betsy stuff. He saw that I definitely honed in on the style and I'd worked my ass off. And I'd been taking a lot more technical classes too. I, I didn't just do Betsy. I went and took some real old technical jazz classes that, and I was taking ballet every day. Mm. You know, I was doing that in Vegas, but I was at a different level of strength, et cetera. Um, and I was more mature. So when I went into rehearsals in Atlantic City, he put me in the sixes, which we did that. It was like, was it six of us? There were six of us and the leads. And we did the and two boys and two boys. And we did the, um, the forties piece. And um, Vinyas just designed the costumes for each one of us. It was amazing costume that we came out in with these plexiglass pieces that were all done. And each one was like this odd kind of funky forties thing. And then they stripped out into this, like it was a covered show. That's right. Yeah. With this top and the piece came off. It was like a clush. And it was interesting because one of the girls, Paula was short and chunky, like shorter muscled. Right. And they put the wrong costume on her. I mean, it looked great on her, but it made her look short and dumpy on stage. So Frederick was going to take her out and she was, she was a really good dancer and it just wasn't fair. And, but it was her shortness. And I said, wait, 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 Frederick, I'm going to switch all the costumes around. And I was like, just give me a, a try. We're going to do this. This one's going to go on me, her chunky one. This one's going to go, mine is going to go on her. We're going to flip the hats around to this longer line. Changed it. So she got to stand the number. I was just like, this is, I mean, I know what unfair is, but you know, it's yeah. because you look this way. There's another way around it. So, yeah. And I mean, I, talk to Vinyas about it. I said, this is what I'm going to do. Are you okay with that? And he's like, yeah. So was there Atlantic city had no topless. Was that, wasn't was there, totally, there was, yeah. All, yeah, all was the no shows dancing ever in Atlantic city. Yeah. Is it, was like, Atlantic no. city a mafia too though? Yeah, it was until Trump came in. Ooh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> topless bottomless. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. Cause I, I, what year was that? So, excuse me, that was 1981, I think I was there. 
81. I think it was 81. Okay. Because we have a mutual friend, Marianne Lamb, because I was in Atlantic City rehearsing for Bermuda and I stayed with Marianne Lamb and I, I felt like I saw a a app car show and I, 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 but yeah, that was 83. So you, you weren't in that. No, we weren't there in 83. And how do you know Marianne Lamb? Because that's another, I've had her on as a blue well, belt. I, I met Marianne in, in Reno um, and Eileen Woods was good friends with her. Eileen was in my show. She's passed also. It's hard, you know, doing this and just all your friends are passing because I was just that much younger than everybody or yeah. they've been ill. Um, so yeah, that's how I knew her was in Reno. I don't, she was doing some weird show in Reno. She's doing. I think all she did was Greg Thompson until she went to Broadway. That's what it was. Yeah, it was Greg Thompson, and I think it was there for some time. I don't know. Yeah, he had and quite so, a few. I think Reno and Sparks and. Yeah, and then I think I took ballet class with her. Um, with what, what was her name? The one person who taught really good ballet class, Maggie Black. Ma- Maggie Banks. Maggie Banks. So she was a good friend of Maggie Banks. This is a story Eileen told me was that she was a good friend of Maggie Banks. Maggie Banks introduced her to her agent in New York. Marianne had somebody going in. Marianne knew somebody coming into New York, but she was like the hardest worker person I've ever, ever met in my entire life. Absolutely. She took in heels to make sure, you know, that she could handle the heels. I'll never saw her without heels on ever. I don't know now. And I, so she's still teaching. She comes to Seattle which we can talk about, you know, well, we'll talk okay. off screen about that, but yeah, she comes to Seattle okay. about once a year to my studio, but um, yeah, yeah, I just, I love the influence. So did you still want to do Broadway or was that not I wanted happen? to do Broadway so badly. Um, I have a lyric soprano voice, but I'm a jazz dancer. <laughs> uh, they don't really go together, but <laughs> I did. I, um, after I came back from Atlantic City, I worked for Joan Pelthorpe and Miller hey. Wright at Ibis. So, because okay, I saw the show there when I was there for something else. That was okay. Ibis. Okay. Yeah, I did see a Miller Cafe Versailles. Show. They changed yes. the name to Cafe Versailles at that time. That's where I saw it. It was like our show in Montreal. They had the same costumes. I think they had taken it a smaller version uh-huh. there. But that was that was an okay. interesting place. Yeah, it was very interesting. <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I had some non-fond memories of the bathroom and the smell in that place. Um, but yeah, so I worked for Joan there. Um, she hired Eileen and I, and then Eileen broke her contract and went on a ship somewhere that I was still there. And then I hadn't had a day off. I swung the show. I was swinging the show in the lead. And I said, I gave, I remember I gave them, I gave Miller-Riche like a two month no, or a month notice. That I was going to Atlantic City. Sammy Davis was going to be there. He was a friend. Dino, his um Lighting director was a friend of mine or sound. Did he do sound? No, he did like uh, sound. Can't remember. Anyway, and Jamie, so we were going to Atlantic City to go party with Sammy in essence. And I get this phone call because we're talking beeper time back then saying, Sharon's ill. You need to be on stage tonight. They're, they're reviewing the show. The New York Times is reviewing it. And I'm like, I'm in Atlantic City. Sorry. So I came back and got fired. <laughs> Oh yeah. There's going to be a boundary somewhere though. Yeah. I was like, come on, I need a day off. It was, yeah, it was it. But I remember leaving that 
show, I decided I was going to start dressing like an Upper East Side woman. So maybe I could pick up a man that could, you know, take care of me for the rest of my life. Because I'm <laughs> auditioning Broadway all this time and getting nothing. And um, really close, though. I mean, I found out I was supposed to be um, taking over the gondoleras in nine. I found that out way down the road. I just and I kept getting callbacks and stuff, but just not, you know, and the more I'd audition, I was starting to go downhill, like with the psychological, like what's mm -hmm. wrong with me, no feedback, you know, what's wrong with my boy, what is this? So I remember I was the night after my last night there, I'm sure I was hungover. I got, I missed a message on the answering machine or something, or my, my answering company who I can't remember that I was supposed to be at this audition. So I came running into this audition for Can Can and it was a, for a principal. And so I came in and sung and they said, can you come? They called me and said, can you come back and dance for us tomorrow? I was like, sure, I need a job. I need my equity card. That was the other thing. Getting your equity card was so bloody hard back then. So of course it's all acrobats. <laughs> I don't do acrobats. Oh. I mean, I can do a cartwheel, but I could, and I could do splits. So all this whole thing was choreographed. Flying cart will split, flying cart will split, walkover split. So I do my cartwheels and I jump and stream and do the splits continuously. Right. I did all that. And when they'd ask for the walkover, I would do this with my hands <laughs> like, and walkover. Like I'm marking it. Oh, you want this? Okay. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I got the part <laughs> as, wow. as, of Celestine. So we toured it in the Midwest and we did like, I want to call like carousel dinner theater. So I made $60 a week. I had my room and board. No, no board, just the room. Um, and I got my equity card. And it was the coldest show. It was so cold in, in Ohio, let me tell you. You know, I think we did 30-something flying cartwheel splits in the opening number. And I would just cry before I'd go on. Just cry my eyes oh. out. So, but I got my equity card. And so mm. it just changed everything. I went, I'm not doing another show. I'm not doing another nightclub act. This is it. I'm done. And mm. um, it didn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah no I auditioned and I got uh, Pal Joey and worked off Broadway I did um, ELT Equity Library Theater and did it no longer exists but it's an off Broadway credit and I played I had a part in it uh, I have to look at my resume <laughs> <laughs> had a great time so yeah we did I did Pal Joey there and then I started doing a lot of television as an actress which is wow. insane so that's how I ended up back in LA. And then from there, I, I auditioned. Oh, my girlfriend who was doing 42nd Street, who did Pal Joey with me, she toured. She was the one who said, the reason you didn't get the or get in the show is because of the costumes. So I was like, well, that's good to know. My ego's a little bit better. Um, but I ended up moving to LA because personal things and stuff. And I was just working on a lot of television. So I thought, eh, maybe I should go for this. Um, nothing's happening for me in New York. But uh, my girlfriend, Beth, was back in L.A. And she goes, you know, I work in a tap company. They're really fun. Do you want to come audition? I was like, sure. So here we are. I'm a tapper. <laughs> I got into the Hotcha Hookers. So we had a full orchestra. They, the conductor wore tap shoes. What? We, were 19, we were 1920s, 30s, kind of, you know, um, Betty Boopy kind of fun stuff but but that's the kind of music we did like old pre-war second world war stuff um and we toured and so 
I was touring to the Ordway. I mean, I was, as soon as I got to LA, I'm out at the Ordway. I'm like, but this place is gorgeous. There's a theater like this in St. Paul, Minneapolis. Oh my God. And um, toured with them and did a lot of shows in LA. Um, we opened up the um, Roosevelt, the hotel on, on, um, on what street is that on? Hollywood Boulevard. And so we, because we were like the 1920s, 30s thing and the Roosevelt is, uh, uh, what's it called? Art, Art Deco Hotel, made redone it. We did the shows there for them. And we go to all these crazy places I didn't know existed in LA, like the Variety Arts Museum. Things that like, wow. Um, oh, we worked on the, what's the name of the boat that's in Long Beach? The Queen, Queen Mary. We used to do shows out in the Queen Mary on these beautiful floors. Wow. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was LA. And then I ended up doing another nightclub out there, but it was covered. Yeah. So I was the lead in the show. It was for, oh, what is his name? Because he's still on my Facebook page. He was a very famous vaudevillian, Vic Carroll. Did you ever cross him? Mm-mm. He produces, he produces stuff. Um, Oh, the only other person I worked for that wasn't Ronnie stuff was Peter Jackson. Do you remember Peter? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't work with him, but I saw a lot of Peter Jackson. So I did Peter's show at the Rainbow Room in New York City. That was the last show I did in New York, actually. But it was covered, so I was fine with that. Um, Hey, and it was the Rainbow Room at Overlook Manhattan, you know. So, yeah, that was the last show I did there. Yeah. I have a question, like, because you worked with Ronnie so much, and I know Joan was his assistant, and uh-huh. I loved it because she choreographed for us at the Kef Conk in Montreal, mm-hmm. and I just, and Miller Reese, or uh, George Reese did some of the ballet numbers, but I love uh-huh. her style. How close was that to working with her and working with Ronnie? Like, she was probably not as hard on people, but I don't know. Well, I only was, had one she's, experience. She's a nice person. I would say that she... Not necessarily her. Well, I know she still choreographs in front of a little mirror in her living room to this day. All those shows you did, that was done in front of a little mirror. Really? Just her way of doing things. Yeah. Because I saw her at the memorial. Um, I would say she is as close to Ronnie as anybody could possibly get with her dancing. Mm -hmm. She's just a little more feminine, just a little bit more, just because she's a girl. But even if you see old videos of her dancing, man, she eats up the floor. Yeah. Like nobody, there was a piece that came out from, I think it was the Vegas awards. If you can, you can probably see it on YouTube and you yeah. just see the way she moves compared to anybody else. And it's just like, shit. I mean, she's down and dirty. Yeah. Jillian Rishoe was our company manager. That video that was circulating. Uh-huh. I'd never seen Joan as a performer. And then there's a video of her at backstage in Vegas. Oh, okay. Ron's class. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. yeah. She's right yes. in there with the guys. So I, I actually danced with Joan. So, I mean, I was the youngin, but yeah. yeah. So I would say Joan is, was the cleanest of anybody. And then, and Betsy. Betsy was more rhythmic than Ronnie because Ronnie, someone told me that Ronnie had a degree in music. He had a, a really strong background in music. So he would, he listened to music different than anybody I know. Every mm. little lick. And he taught, he taught me how to choreograph. That's how I choreograph. As a, a tap yeah. and a jazz dancer, I look for orchestration. I look for those licks to, yeah. for accents, for things. Uh, Betsy choreographed very much that way. Joan does too. I'm sure you, you know, you'd, they'd be mm-hmm. like, bam, bam. 
We did oh. a Buddy Rich, our, our opening number is Buddy Rich, which I had to find that song. I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to count this. Like, it's uh-huh. so not like a predictable opening number song. So that would challenge me too, like just to be able to, to really follow her with the music as opposed to somebody teaching with counts. Right. Yeah. No, more of a feel it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love those. Oh man. I'm just, I want to, I still remember part. I don't remember hardly any choreography from all the shows. I remember parts of Jones cause I just remember it felt so good in your yeah. body. <laughs> oh, and she was, she had more of a, or has, and she's still alive, more of a like, uh, kind of thing with her body, just like um, the pronation in her shoulders. And the, she was more rolly than Ronnie. I would say Ronnie was, Ronnie's stuff was a little bit more harsh hit and Joan kind of rolled through things a little bit more mm. than Ronnie did. Um, yeah. that. But, and Betsy, because Betsy was tall and long, she moved differently. So I know that Betsy, oh, maybe it was, I don't know that I can't remember the whole true story, but I do know that when Ronnie was choreographing the act for Liza, like if you can find the stuff for Liza, the act or Liza, Liza. With I think D, that's what I, I think that's the one I found. Yeah. That, that's then it got me on a whole trail of choreography because I couldn't find it online until I found that one. Yeah. That's her. That's Ronnie's choreography. And also Liza at Radio City. She does a piece there with all these women that come out singing different women and stuff and dancing. That's Ronnie's choreography in that too. But I know that there was a point, there was a little bit of drugs involved that he had a fight with Liza and threw a set across the floor. That would be a Roger Minami question because he's the only one still alive. I believe either Roger, Roger or Betsy had to come in and finish the show. And I think it was the act that oh. Roger Minami, it's a Roger Minami question. Okay. I'm going to get him working on Diane McDonald when we first schedule freeze up. (laughs) So I had just done my showgirl road trip last June because I Mm -hmm. I wanted to see people I've interviewed. And I went to the showgirl museum in Las Vegas with Grant Filippo. Uh And I got to see the costumes from hello, Hollywood. Hello in Reno. It was a wonderful trip. But when I got to Vegas, Ronnie had just passed maybe three days before I got there. And there was definitely a somber feel Oh, no, I yeah. think I, I got there maybe after the funeral, the, the memorial maybe was, I just, I missed it. From, I think it was right after he passed and the memorial was after I was already gone and I didn't work for him, but I feel it was, I was yeah, that's yeah. Right. I was already back in there. So what was that like? Cause I know like you've been living up in Idaho and I don't know how connected you've been to that world, but what was it like to go back into that? Thank God for Facebook. Um, oh. seriously. Um, I was funny because my reaction was, oh, what am I going to wear? Um, I haven't dieted. I'm not in shape. <laughs> I was like all like all over yeah. the place about it. And I don't like Las Vegas anymore. So that was part of a, like a panic. So I had a friend who had um, a timeshare and he was kind and gave me the timeshare because Vegas had just reopened up that weekend. Yeah. It was just like it was the first time any of the shows were opening or anything. So it was a big deal. And there were a lot of people there and not masked. And I was like masked up and all this stuff. Um, so the day that I was going, that was the memorial that night, I remember I went to Meow Wolf and I ended up in a mall somewhere and I was like playing with this hair piece. Like I ended up getting hair pieces, false eyelashes, makeup, cause I never wear makeup anymore. All this stuff. Cause I'm going to be around these people. And I have it down like, okay, I'm going to be dressed. And I put everything on and I go, oh, fuck no. Take the lashes off, pull the hair pieces. I'm like, 
this is me. This is, Mm. this is ridiculous. I've spent a lot of money and, but that's fine. And, um, I took a cab to, it was a very odd place, like where old backstage studio was that area. It's like all of empty buildings and empty strip malls, but there's this nightclub that's being resurrected. And I think they were friends of friends and probably friends of Pieters or Peters. Um, There were a lot of people there. I, the first people I bumped into were people I danced with and trying to get names together and then not recognizing certain people like uh, my ballet mistress is, is old now, you know, yeah. uh, and she's old and, and very feeble. And then there's some people that are like, just didn't change. And like, nobody made sure that Pat had a really good seat for when we sat down to watch the videos and everything. And so I, I became like, okay, you guys move. No, make sure Pat's here. Let's look like looking after grandma. You know, and mm. I was like, kind of like, hmm, guys, she was our ballet mistress. Um, but everybody was so excited to see each other that were there. There were a lot missing, of course, but the originals that had worked for Ronnie were there. Um, and guys that were still really close with him when he passed. So mm. like Peter Post and mm-hmm. a couple other people that I don't know who they were necessarily to Ronnie, that I didn't know them. And, but it was it was nice to see people and try to remember 1977 mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and some of them I cross paths with at different times but um yeah people were kind of guarded because it was COVID you know yeah. we, were, we are getting together in Vegas um but there were Diane was there Amanda was there um which was really nice because I hadn't seen them so many people have passed mm, from my yeah. generation that or of dancers that I, um, yeah, Sally Sargent came in from Arizona. No, she's in Texas or Arizona. Um, yeah, there were people that I just hadn't seen for a really long time and it was super, super lovely. And we realized how hard we danced. There was yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I was just like, wow, we have this in common. And it was funny because some of the stuff that was saying, yeah. He told me I couldn't, um, that I needed to go sell shoes. I said, no, he told me that. You know, <laughs> I found out I wasn't the only one. Yeah. That's what he generally said to people. If he wanted them to work harder, you know, you're, you're not there yet. You don't rest on your laurels kind of thing. Mm, mm. Um, I would have loved for Jim Hogan to have been there. I don't, did you ever dance with Jim? Mm-mm. He, well, he ended up partnering, um, quite a few stars, but uh, Juliet Prouts was mostly he was, but he danced with me at casino. He's danced, danced in a lot of shows. He's in Australia. And he, I would have loved for him to have been there for Ronnie's memorial, but he, because of COVID couldn't travel. Yeah. So there was a lot of non-traveling coming on. Liz, Lizette Zuellen was there. I don't know. Do you know Lizette? I think she worked. Yeah. It was a We've been trying to get set up her interview too. She was in Hello Hollywood. Hello. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then she ended up dancing with me at casino or maybe it was just in, in Reno that she danced with me. Huh. Some things I can't remember. I have to look at pictures. Yeah. It's amazing. The thread of like, what year was that? It's funny. Cause my grandparents, when I go visit them, they both have passed, but you'd ask something like how old the dog was. And it would go into like, well, that was 19 because that president was that year. And no, that was year you had your goiter and they would fight over the dates of things. <laughs> My mom and I like, don't ask anything. Cause they would just like, no, because you remember that's when you had your knee surgery. 
So now I go, oh, I'm the old person. Now I just go, you know what? My dance career was from here to here. It's all wonderful and braided and I get the dates wrong. And I sometimes get things backwards on the um, interviews and people will correct me. Like, no, that was this year. I'm like, okay, great. I won't, this still won't stay in my head. It will fall off the back of my head. Yeah. But it's kind of like looking at a movie when you've got flashback, flash forward. It's all this wonderful story. That's not really a clear line between things like how Uh you dance with some same people, different places come back to the same location again. It's just kind of, if you don't try to organize it too much, you get to just hold it as this wonderful, wonderful scene in your book that was just super rich. Interesting is that when I was at the memorial, I had dinner one night with Donna Bucar, um, which is now Mednikoff is her married name, and um, Ray Rellier. Did you ever dance with Ray Rellier? Mm -mm. Tall redhead kid. We met him at a disco when we first came to Vegas and like, I'm underage. So I'm trying to like keep my mouth closed and you know, <laughs> not get trouble. Um, but we met him and he was this, Oh, what was he a lifeguard or something, but he could dance. And so Donna was like, you need to start taking dance classes. You know, I need a good guy that could, he ended up in hello or he ended up at the MGM in Vegas or in Vegas huh. as partnering her. Wow. And from there he ended up dancing at Casino Dupree, this tall redhead. But he showed up for dinner. The three of us were like, he goes, you know, I have my entire career to thank you to for because he did that. He worked on Broadway. Oh my gosh. Because lifeguard goes to Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he was like, oh, he's handsome. He's straight. Oh, I can sing kind of. Yeah. (laughs) I just, everybody's story is so unique. And I've done maybe 140 interviews. Oh my and God. They're, they're similar, but everybody's is, is so different. And we all end up in this place. And honestly, I don't know who I actually talked to backstage to really know their story until now. Oh, really? You know, like, just like, I didn't know that. Like people that I knew that had done Broadway or things like that didn't, mm-hmm. I don't know. We didn't talk, we were talking about boys and parties or whatever. We were talking about backstage. We weren't really knowing what people's life was like before. Yeah. And then we lose touch. So we are going to wrap up here in a minute. And I want to get to like what you are doing now. Okay. How you ended up in Idaho, ah. because I do know when I came and I was always so thrilled to work with the dancers, the teachers, because the teachers were so good. I'm like, wow, you guys don't know how lucky you are to have this caliber of teacher. Because sometimes <laughs> small, I mean, there is a lot of great people that, that did our shows that uh, are, are giving honor to their teacher in a small town. Like somehow this Russian trained ballet teacher is in their tiny little town, or this person was on Broadway, <laughs> ends up in some place that you know, it wasn't just the obvious big cities where people got their training. It was like, sometimes like catch them Idaho getting well, these great teachers. Different because, well, um, Isabella Boyston, who is ABT principal, um, actually she's, she's a, yeah, she's principal, um, is from here. And she's actually studied with Hillary when she was little. So she's brought, she created Ballet Sun Ballet actually. And so she, that was the beginning of it and asked me to costume it the very first year. But the reason I ended up here is my former husband was a stunt coordinator born in the lodge. And when my kids were born, I said, I'm not living in LA. I I cannot Mm. work in the film industry anymore because I can't afford to pay for daycare and be driving and all this stuff. And I was already a costumer. I had taken over for Warner brothers at magic mountain. I did. I built all the walk around characters I worked for do rags. I was assistant designer for all the Super Bowl halftime shows and the original mounting for Chicago. So I worked wow. with Earth and Anne and Julia. Oh. oh my gosh. 
And at that time I was, I just gotten pregnant. So, um, and it was during the uh, riots that were going on. It was, a, it was quite the time. Um, oh. I had a very bad audition for it. I didn't know I was pregnant and my voice was all over the place. And I had two names at the time, my professional name, which is Manalo, And then my married name, which was hyphenated Jefferson, but I used Jefferson for wardrobe. So if I was working on a film, if I was costuming it, if there was an under five, I go, let me audition for the under five so I can have a part in the movie so I get residuals. And I would do that. And I'd go by two different names. So that's, it was how I did that. So when I was talking to BB, we were backstage and um, she goes, where were you yesterday? Blah, blah, blah. I said, I was in the hospital. This happened, this happened. I thought I was miscarrying. She goes, oh, you're pregnant? And I was like, yeah. She goes, you're a dancer. What's that about? And she goes, and why aren't you in this show? I said, well, I had a really bad audition and I knew I was assistant costumer on the show anyway. So, and then I found out I was pregnant. So I don't think it would have been wise oh. hard for me to get pregnant. So that was, yeah, but I, oh. I ended up coming up here because we had bought property for a very cheap amount of money um, in a very affluent, nice area. And I said, you know what, we can afford to live there. You're going to commute. And my former husband went and got his electrician's license-ish thing. And then he would commute every once in a while. He'd get a job as a coordinator or as a stuntman. And then one day we were in LA having dinner with some producer friends of ours. And they, he worked for David E. Kelly and he goes, I'm having a real problem on this, on Boston Public. I need somebody who can actually coordinate wrestling. And my ex-husband never would say anything. And I went, Tony was state champion featherweight but state champion he knows his stuff he's worked with so-and-so and so he ended up taking over a stunt coordinator for david e kelly for 14 years i stayed up here oh. commuted and then when the show wow. was over it's no. <laughs> part of it yeah. um yeah. anyways so and that's when how i ended up teaching because i taught a bit mostly master classes in la and hillary found out who i was and she asked me but in the meantime they found out some people found out what my what I was as a seamstress, I'm a couture, and started having me walk people's cl um, closets here, big people's closets, like big names. And um, I would walk their closet, go through it, and refurbish, recut, redesign their Armani's or take pads out mostly because during that time, right. it was coming out of the shoulders and recut it if it was good fabric. And so oh my, my business happened. And from there, uh, this place became a wedding destination. Mm, that's beautiful. And so for 30 years, now just under 30 years, I've been doing wedding gowns. And last year I did 67. This year I'm somewhere. Even in COVID. Well, yeah, because the year before it was pretty much canceled. Right. But for last time. Yeah. And then I do, I do all the wardrobe for Ballet Sun Valley. And anything that comes in opera divas or anything that come in with the Philharmonic or the symphony and or any anybody that's that way. And then I actually am a roadie or a tech person at the Argibus, which is our newer theater, which has the same sound system as Lincoln Center, Lincoln Jazz Center. It's a fabulous sound system. I do not program that system. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I do know how to run cable and build stages and, you know, road boxes and yeah. And I won't go up on the grid because it's totally see-through, three stories up and it bounces. And at my age, nope. So, I mean, I'm old enough to be some of the kids' grandmother. Can I ask how old you are? I, I'll be 64. I'm 62. And I think what's been really great in these interviews is people 
Like I remember being in my forties and anybody 60 was retired and making cookies. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but right. I hadn't really seen thriving 60 year old. And I feel like there's so many women, well, men too, that I've interviewed that have that life, but some like, well, what happens after dance? And they, they still have all this creativity. They have all this energy and they're still yeah. creating and they're still thriving. And it's really good. I think for younger people to hear that, no, just because you're 60, you know, that doesn't mean you're going to win a bagel and. Oh God, no. <laughs> my friends, my friends in Canada are mostly retired at 50. And, and I, it know, sounds appealing in some ways not to have to worry. I don't think you could I could do that, but it is like, there's so much more to create and, oh, the, yeah. and you're just surrounded by such beauty there. And you retired from teaching. I did. I just teach any, anytime Hillary needs me to come teach an advanced class. I'm still not allowed to be around little. It's not, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't no. understand how anybody does it. I did it once. So I went, no, thank you. Yeah. I actually taught tap last year during COVID um, for a whole year. Um, and I was like, you know, it's not fair because my piece is up here and everything else is here. And then I dropped the F bomb at a taping of it because we did it all on video. <laughs> And one of the little mothers who did not know me because I hadn't been around for a couple of years because I've been in, on the island so much, heard the F-bomb. And I got the call that night, like, you cannot. I'm like, you know what? I won't be there for the rest of the recordings. Yeah. No, I'm done. I'm done, Hill. You know who I am. I do not apologize anymore. Your advanced girls were being tarts. They were just being horrid. And so, yeah, it came out of my mouth. So, yeah. So I just come in, I substitute the girls love it when I sub because I choreograph my ballet classes. So it's very musical, yeah. you know, like, oh, here's some counts and then we'll throw this in. So, yeah, um, I always have a theme like you're going to learn about this. So I do that. I teach the Pilates sometimes. And um, one of my dance students has taken over for the tap. It's fine. Oh, nice. Well, good job. She keeps taking all my old choreography. Off of videos. Uh-oh. I'm like, you know, girl, you gotta do your own thing. Yeah. So that's fine. It's all good. But if you can work it out for me to come teach there, then we can hang out. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Cause I, I think I went for like three or four summers, brought my kids one yeah. year. We had yeah. the best time. We were out hiking and ice skating in the summertime that like, I love Sun Valley and I love working at that studio. Um, yeah. And I mainly, cause you guys, I have to tell but you we're one not story to that, close. We don't have that studio anymore. Oh, they really? knocked that building down. We, but okay. we have studios, but it would okay. be nice. It was above, the, it was above yeah. the athletic club. Yeah above the swimming pool. I remember that place was so bizarre. This is a really weird story to tell you because, and it's going to make me sound stupid. I had never eaten asparagus before and you had had me over with a bunch of teachers and we had a barbecue (laughs) in your yard and we, we had asparagus and I went back. This is so embarrassing. I went back (laughs) to where Hillary had put me up. I'd have to stay in these amazing houses when I, when I would guess there. You stayed at Mary Poppins house. Yeah. It was amazing. And so I kept going, why does the toilet water smell so weird? And I go, maybe it's, but I didn't know that. And so this is, this goes on for a while. And I did the other time, maybe it's the plumbing. And so I didn't come back to the next year and we have another barbecue and you have asparagus and you said, oh, I love how asparagus, like it makes your pee stink because you know, the enzymes are working. And I went, that's what that was. (laughs) When people talk about that, I always talk about my Sun Valley thing. Like what is wrong with the plumbing here? And it was the asparagus. So thank you for introducing me because I only had mush asparagus. My mom had boiled it. You made it grilled and like, it's delicious. I'm going to go with this, this little side effect, but thank you for educating me on asparagus pee. That's how I'm going to end this podcast. Okay. Totally. F, F bombs and, and asparagus urine. So that's, uh, <laughs> Michelle, this is, 
we are. And I love, I love the thing of you showing up with cockroach characters because I'm sure as a director, you must've been like, a, a, you know, a little bit of a bee in the bonnet, but also I, like, oh my gosh, I would have loved you at that age. Cause I wouldn't have, been, I did some wacky things, but I was also too chicken to do things after getting caught maybe once or twice, but I'm like, I would have loved that part of you. And as a director, I would have been like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that young, that young, bold I mean, your career is amazing. Like I, I don't, I think I only knew like a tiniest fraction, but you work constant and you got to do so many wonderful things with so many incredible people. Well, I can honestly say that working with ABT, like with a soloist, I've worked with um, um, soloists from the Marinsky, from Korea, from all over the world that Bella would bring in. And being able to be with that level of dance. And also this last summer, um, they brought, she brought in, a, or she's not involved with it anymore. They brought in, I had 27 different puppages in two days and costumes I hadn't seen and I had to rebuild because because of COVID, all of the storage units, everything was shut up, nobody touched it. So we're bringing this out. It was like the first time that professionals had been back on stage. Like I know the guy from ABT, which I forget, not ABT, New York City, did Stars and Stripes. So it's a wool doublet and it's a damn hard piece. And he said, I've not been on stage for two and a half years. I did, she, he's one of the main dancers in West Side Story though, fabulous dancer. At altitude, he goes to do Stars and Stripes. He comes off the stage. We'd already oxygenated him and all this stuff. He's laying on the floor going, fuck, fuck, he can't get air. He can't get air. Oh. And I'm stripping him down. And, and his mom worked on Broadway the same time. She was in nine when I kept auditioning for nine. And she was there too. And so he, he comes back to me and he goes, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry I lied down or laid down in my costume. And I was like, you were going to die. You thought you were going to die. He goes, <laughs> at this altitude, not dancing full out for two and a half mm -hmm. years, all of us are just in this whole different and, and so excited to be dancing. So to be able to experience that has been wonderful. Wow. And I've worked with the Dorrance, Michelle Dorrance's tap company, you know, and so I costuming, but I get to talk to them and tell them more stories. And they tell me how their oh. life has changed and how auditions, have, you know, at that level. And to see how, what dance is like now, um, putting the piece on the Columbia City Ballet, I literally, I said, because it's tap, it was a tap piece with ballet. I was like, okay, how are your brains working? They're like, their brains were like trash because they were also doing this other fabulous show. And I was like, okay, do a triple paddle turn. And then there, you've got eight counts, but you're going to be in tap shoes. So you can spin probably eight out of this. And then I want you to take a fan kick right on that note, right? You know, and I did this first time through bam, 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 all together. And I'm like, okay, that's joy. That yeah. is joy. When you get to take your idea and actually put it on professionals that, because this company, I love this company. They work, their corps de ballet is working at all times. So even their soloists are working at all times. So they're super strong and stronger than New York City as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to try oh. to bring them out here. I was so thrilled with that company. They offered me to take over the wardrobe department there. I said, oh my no. gosh, 65 wow. years of something not cataloged. No, thank you. Not a <laughs> oh. That's a horror story. That's, oh. a, that's a young person's job. You climb up there and dust off those tutus. No. Yeah. Again, boundaries or things like it just don't do that anymore. Yeah. 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 No, oh. I'll, I'll put my head under a 40 pound wedding gown instead. Try to lug <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, my goal now is to come to Sun Valley and eat asparagus with you and just tell more stories and laugh and drop F, F bombs. 
Okay, that sounds good. I will that make sounds that happen. good. Okay, we'll make that happen. Okay. <laughs> yes. When you when you this is my last uh, little bit. When you go to Paris, which is in a couple of weeks, if, uh-huh. if it's still there, go see Thierry Mugler's um, exhibit. Yes. It's okay. amazing. Like we went our first night jet lagged, uh, almost fell asleep. But it's if you're a designer, I think it's yeah. It would be probably be something you probably like. <laughs> under her name or is it at a certain um it's it's an exhibit on its own I think if you look it up I can't remember where I could find out because I have my program somewhere but yeah yeah, it's if you're a designer it'd probably be amazing okay Okay. yeah thank you thank you thank you I think a lot of people are going to love all this all these references to all the different facets thanks thank you take care